Hey, Jakia, how's it going? Fine, Jasmine, how's it going with you? <laughs> Excellent <day>. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today on I Usually Don't Do This episode. Dos numero two. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what's been going on? Um, Yeah, so I guess we'll catch up on some happenings. Well, you know, I'm on Christmas break right now. I just finished my um, first quarter of journalism school, graduate journalism school. So that's good, going to um, journalism school, first quarter completed. Yes, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It was hard! (laughs) Like, for real! It's supposed to be one of the best programs in the country or whatnot. And, you know, I kind of have a background in it ever since, like, elementary school, and I wasn't going to, I didn't think it was going to be so intense, but it really is. They really push you to try to be better than what you are, so... And I've met a lot of people, a great experience. I like where I'm at. So, yeah, I'm just trying to soak up the rest of this break, which is not really a break because, you know, you're always working. So A legend in the making. I hope so. I receive it. I receive it. A legend in the making. That's all that is. So, Jakia, fill us in on the latest. Um, I have been doing a little bit of everything. Being um currently working... With a music group called The Cool Method. You can check them out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, also on... YouTube? Uh, YouTube, yeah, you can. Just type in The Cool Method. You can watch the video. It's called Run the Town. I've also been working on my clothing line, Buried in Culture. Um, had recently had new photo shoots. And I also completed my uh, master's degree in management. Look so. at God! <laughs> Look at him. Let me tell you this. Somebody came up to me the other day. I was at my little cousin basketball game. He said, what is Jakia doing? And I said, honey, she is doing everything. (laughs) Just trying to, you know, get my hand in everything. Trying to secure my future as well. And I'm just trying to be great in these streets out here. Trying to build something for myself and my future family. And give, give, give young girls something to look up to positive. Amen, amen. Not um the Kardashians, you know? Shade? Shade. No, no shade, but, I mean, they just wouldn't be considered an idol in my eyes, but that's just me. Have you seen the meme with um Sasha Obama? Which one's the oldest one? Sasha Malia? I don't know. It's Malia. Malia Obama and Michelle Obama right next to Kris Jenner and one of them other girls. I don't know these kids' names. When you raise a child versus when you manage a child. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, 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 All right, then. So, next we have a hot topic coming up, talking about violence among minority communities. And what can we do? This is I Usually Don't Do This episode. Two. Biggest hypocrite in 2015. Once I finish this witness, this will confess 
me. Been feeling this way since I was 16. Came to my senses. You never liked this any. Okay, so we both been exposed to this Time.com article. It's, it probably was in Time Magazine as well from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, it's entitled, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Black Americans are Overlooked Victims of Gun Violence. And it's basically about the issue of gun control. I remember when President Obama gave his last speech from the Oval Office, he talked about the San Bernardino shootings. He talked about Paris, the terrorist attacks there. But I just kept listening to him trying to figure out when he was going to say something about the violence from domestic terrorists or from Americans on other Americans. I never heard anything that I was looking to hear about this issue. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're here today. One of the topics we want to address is violence in minority communities, which is something that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talked about a lot in his article on how black people or minorities are heavily targeted with gun violence. Mm -hmm. So in the article, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar references um, Harry Belafonte, who when he was accepting the NAACP Image Award in 2013, I remember this very vividly, he spoke about how um, in the gun game, we are the most hunted, which he meant black people are the most hunted. And he asked the question, like, why are we so mean about it? I kind of asked myself the same. We have a few subtopics we're going to talk about. First, how can we want justice when someone else kills us, but we're not preventing each other from killing each other? Feeding off of that, what you just stated, it's like it's a lack. First of all, to me, it is... Institutionalized. Yeah, being institutionalized. I believe that is a... I believe it's a condition that the black community has because we are so used to being pinned against each other that we always think that we have to get each other. We think, you know, we, we pin each other against each other. And not only that, that's how we were taught to pin each other against each other. And people pin. A lot of different nationalities do not like black people. We are at the bottom. We are the scum of the earth. If you want to just be blunt about it, we are the scum of the earth compared to other nationalities. Well, I feel like it has to do like with what you're surrounded by because I'm black and I don't have that particular mindset. Like if somebody did this to me, like I gotta get them just because they black. Like I don't really approach it like that. But then again, I I, I didn't live in a environment that had violence like yeah. everywhere all around. So I feel like it has to do like the environment you grew up with and mm -hmm. what you're surrounded by and what you learn from people who are older than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But it's like. Where is the escape? When you look at the media, you see it's all the same. We're not painted differently, you know. Other races very bluntly and vividly set themselves apart as far as classes. But with black people, we're all categorized as one class. Just in the media. And I think that comes into the tone, like, being, like, educated and informed and mm -hmm. not believing everything that you see and just knowing, like, the truth is not just what people present to you. Yeah, we can say that. But the masses, when it comes to it, believe what they see more than what they are educated on. People don't like to read no more. You know what I'm saying? It's just those certain people that don't have that mental capacity to want to... Learn and expand and mm -hmm. grow. And but, that's a majority, sadly, of the community. 
But I feel like the media portrays like it's more than what it is because I know I'm surrounded by a lot of black people from various incomes who they read books and they're not dumb. They know what's going on. They're, and they might have been educated, but they don't mean they're not intelligent either. So how can we take back our community? That's I mean, the question. I, don't know. I can only answer what I can do personally. I don't know like what. But we're, we don't have leaders anymore. We don't have Martin Luther Kings. We don't have Malcolm X's. They were taken from us. We don't have um, Medgar Evers. He was taken from us. You know, they 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 made sure that after that they killed us off slowly but surely. I feel like we don't know. I feel like it is some leaders out there because it has to be somebody out there. You know, just because we don't see them or we're not exposed to them, like you can't depend on TV or mm-hmm. radio to show you what you need or what you're really looking mm-hmm. for because just because it's not out there just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not out there it's just like anything in your life that's true so i'll tell you who isn't a leader audience I, al sharpton i knew you gonna say <laughs> that's definitely not a leader that anybody needs to be following okay <laughs> just put that out there yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always like talk about Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, how they just kind of use situations for political gain. Because where are they? We need them in the community 24-7. You know who I look at as my leaders, as people that I see doing something? I can really only say J. Cole because that's who I've seen publicly go out in the streets during the protests and be with the people. You know what I'm saying? He speaks out against it. You know, you have other rappers that speak out against this. And it, it's coming to terms where it's the millennials that are being the ones that have to change it around. Having to take back the communities because the generation before us was not strong enough to take it back and to keep it. They weren't strong enough to rise up against everything. You know, they were just happy for what they was get. They were taking what they were given. They weren't wanting more. Not to shade and say it's anybody's fault, but as a millennial, it is our it is our duty to take back the community, put back into the community, build up our community, and lead our children into better directions than what we have been doing in the past. I think it's a very interesting point. The first person you said who you kind of look to is like J. Cole because I feel like entertainers, um, rappers, actors, actresses, people in media, I feel like they have a very profound effect. And that's who like a lot of people, I guess, around our ages and younger kind of look to. Mm-hmm. And you always see people like calling people out if they don't like publicly speak out on certain situations. Mm-hmm. And then just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was saying earlier with Harry Belafonte, he has like 60 years of like civil rights activism. He was there to help Martin Luther King Jr. and all those civil rights activists back in the day. And I know Cicely Tyson, she did a lot. Going back to your other point about um, the generation before us, I know how she was saying that maybe they did too much. Maybe they didn't leave anything for the generation after like Cicely Tyson's time to like work towards anything. And maybe that generation has gone on. Now it's our generation. We have to pick another slack for it. So, but yeah. But I feel like we... As a generation, as a people, we shouldn't just think, oh, everybody's making a big deal out of it. No, it's not that we're making a big deal out of it. Something that has to be done. If you turn on the TV and every other week, a teenage minority and they're getting killed in the street and they're, the police are facing no kind of repercussions and nothing's happening, 
it's just like what a, what 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 chance do we have? You know, going back to the media, it's plenty of kids out here who are doing great things, but the mm -hmm. only thing you see on TV is the murders and stuff. Well, you know, that's when it comes into play where we start. We that's where social media comes in. I think for the minorities because we're able to put our voices out there and show that positive light of um, certain instances that happen in our community. Um, there is a page I follow on Facebook. Black Knowledge. They share a lot of positive stuff that happens in the community. I love being black. They post a lot of stuff. Blavity. Also, they post a lot of things. Not only just news, but, you know, different things that we wouldn't see mainstream. If we had no social media, honestly, we would still be left in the dark. And we would just be covered up like, you know, how you sweep uh, dirt under the rug? That's how we would be. Yeah, I agree. I have my own, like personal issues with social media too yes the it can be overboard yeah. okay so we're gonna bring in a special guest we have um denise hines from germany we're gonna continue our conversation on violence in america and we just want to get a, a take from somebody outside of the united states to see how they kind of feel about the situation so hey denise how are you hi i'm good so denise where do you live I live in Munich in Germany. Okay, you're from Germany, correct? Yes. And you've lived there your entire life? Yes, I was born there in Germany. My father is American um, Army. Mm -hmm. and my mother is, is, is um, German, and um, I was born and raised in Germany. Okay, so how is the, the newspapers and the television over there when they cover, like, American violence? Mm -hmm. It's just all about um, that um, American people are really open-minded, but when it comes to violence, and it seems like they, they, they um, our newspapers are always want to say that American people are really, like, res racism, that there is a, um, a lot of racism in uh, the United States because... Um, we just hear about when white um, police officers will kill um, black people. So it's really like, when I hear that um, kind of news, it's really like shocking me because I didn't think or didn't know that America is still on that part and don't move forward. Uh, so, yeah, it's not really good for us to see and even for me. Because when I, I live in Germany and in Germany we don't have that many black people, so... Where should I go if I cannot be in the United States? Mm -hmm. Right. In case something happens, like, mm -hmm. you know. Or be safe in the United States. I also feel really, really safe at home, but it's really different. When I see a black people in the subway, it's like, ooh, where does the black people come from? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what was your thought process when you knew you were going to come to America like did you ever think about like the violence or anything like that yes but it doesn't um I'm not afraid to go into the United States because I'm black it's just like when I see people on the street they are homeless it's always just the black people and it's really like just the black people are bad people and they don't see um around white people also right white people don't go to the university or don't have good paid jobs so it's not just about the black people yeah, I think that Americans tend to, they don't understand that other countries are watching us and mm -hmm. seeing how we are. How can you say, I want to come into your country and protect you, mm -hmm. but I can't even protect the people in my in country. country yeah. So who's going to start to be like, oh, yeah, I can trust Americans. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you protect your own people. You protect the white people, but yeah. you don't protect um, other people like black people, Spanish people. 
Yeah, it's like we're just we're here. That's I I don't feel like like she said. It's no protection. It's like what I mean. What can you do for another country if you can't do it on your own? Mm-hmm. Are there issues like this in Germany, like the racist? Cops. Mm, no, it's not about that. Um, with cops, we just have the problems with refugees that come over the summer. Um, so um, our um, the Nazi, um, they are getting bigger and bigger. But it's like um, political, mm-hmm. and German people are getting crazy because they are afraid of um, different culture, and they think that people from other country can take the jobs away. But I really don't understand because. How stupid can you be that another person that don't speak your language can take over your job? Mm-hmm. So that's the problem that we have. But now, since the refugee is not really that big topic anymore, mm-hmm. um, it's getting a little bit um, quiet around that theme. This sounds like me about America and the immigration yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. But you say Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like as an N-A-Z-I? Yeah, they but they don't around. say that they are really like Nazis. But when you can see it on the street, it's like, oh, refugees out and just here, German people. It's crazy to see normal people on television and, uh, yeah, to see that they are afraid of stupid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid. They are afraid of losing money. What money? We have a lot of German people. They don't um, work because we get money from the government if you don't work. And they say, no. It's it's like I receive enough money from the government, so why should I work? But then blame on the refugees that they take the money. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And see, yeah, that does sound a lot like America. I mean, <laughs> it's like they they get they blame the Hispanic people for coming in and taking all their jobs mm-hmm. because they you know they do work for cheaper. But yeah, you shouldn't be wanting to work. What they you should be you know since you're so up there you should be. Running the company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I never hear this talk about like Asian immigrants mm-hmm. or right, African yeah. Because African they immigrants. because what the what Asians come over with money. You know, mm-hmm. most of them come with money. Africans they come with money. Indians they come over with money. It's like every minority is having the chance to prosper in America mm-hmm. but Black people. I mean, we didn't even ask to come over here. Yeah, we were just forced to get on the ship one day. We was probably playing in, in the, the grasslands or something along the Nile River. Then they just put us on a ship. Some of us did have something to do with it because, you know, some of us sold ourselves. Yeah, and, you know, it's like they kept saying, oh, yeah, send me some more, send me some more. So they died down their protectors because, see, the thing about slavery, Africans being slaves for other Africans, they weren't getting beaten. They weren't being starved to death. You know what I'm saying? They weren't being whipped. It was like an actual, like a palace. You know how the palace is set up? And it's like everybody stays together. It's like you're my servant, but I'm not going to whoop you or beat you. But you're, Or treat you like you're not human. Yeah, you're, that's just your job to be my servant. Because I'm from the royal bloodline and you... Unfortunately, would not, but that's life. Mm-hmm. But I'm not finna say that. It's, it's like it's kind of like the movie Coming to America. How you know, um, Hakeem and um, what was his name? His little friend, the one that was with him all the yeah. time. Yeah, it's like that. So it's not like I'm gonna whoop you. You ain't put two pieces of bacon on my plate. You put one. You know, it's not, it's it's different from Africans having slaves to when Europeans came and took African people as slaves.
on TV? Like, how is the television news? Like, do they show a lot of, like, American protests and stuff like that? Mm. Uh, usually our television shows everything around the world. It's not just about America. It's about um, all kind of things. But they just show bad, th- not, I don't want to say bad things, but things that are good selling. So um, if there's something good happening in America, they don't show it. You have to to go. If you just watch the the biggest television center um, that we have, um, you don't get that as much information as you would like to have. But you have to go on for different kind of newspaper, and then you get more information. But usually, the most of the people just turn on the TV at eight p.m. and uh, look for ten minutes. So mm-hmm. they just put. Uh, together in um, 10 minutes what it's really inter- could be interesting for that person. Mm-hmm. It sounds like America to me, mm-hmm. pretty much. So would you say like the overall consensus like in Germany is that you see this stuff on the news and you believe it, but you know there's other stuff going on too? or Yeah, because I know what's going on um, because I um, also read um, different kinds of newspaper, but... When we go back to the refugees, we also had not just like the Nazis getting bigger, also they burned the houses for the refugees because mm. they didn't want to have them inside. But the problem is also that we have like East and West Germany. In East Germany, the people are really stupid. Not all of them, but uh, a lot of them. <laughs> and East German people went to West um, Germany. So we have a lot of space there, mm. a lot of um, houses where no people living. And so they took the the um, the place for the refugees, but the people are so stupid and burn the houses and I, attack the people, and the people don't understand what's going on. They want to to go to a um, country that is safe, and then they come to a country and they try to. I don't want to say that they try. Yeah, they tr- in some way they try to kill them. I or feel, deter them from yeah, coming there. Yeah. I feel like people just fear the. I fe- people fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, like like. Like I was saying earlier, when you have lived different places and experienced, not even lived, just experienced different mm-hmm. types of people, it's easier for you to accept than it is for you to be scared of mm-hmm. it. And it seems like a lot of people in America, or a lot of people, period, want to say, oh, you know, yeah, I'm so open-minded, I'm so this. But when it comes down to really mm-hmm. being open-minded, you see the backlash. You see it change really quick. Like, you're not as open-minded as you said you were because you can't even accept somebody of a different skin tone Mm -hmm. as yours into coming into your community. And that's the same thing, like, with the whole Steve Harvey thing. I didn't hear it. It really wasn't a big topic to me. But it's like, when he's messed up, whatever he did, he messed up. And I just seen stuff on Facebook where the Colombians were calling him a house monkey, you stupid nigger, and saying all this type of stuff to him. It shows you that we're still... But it's easy to write s- such um, words on Facebook yeah. instead of write to, to somebody's face. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's really. my issue with social media. That's why I didn't have much to say about it earlier. It's because people are... I mean, it's not just people of other races either. Like, you can say all this stuff about stupid stuff that you ain't even watching in the first mm-hmm. place, but you can't say anything about stuff that really matters. Like, positive stuff. I just made a stats about that. It's shameful how people will sit up there... Okay, it was this video. This pregnant lady was twerking in the club. Me personally, 
That don't have nothing to do with me. I don't care about her. If it's not going to kill her baby, whoever said people work out when they're pregnant. She was doing all kind of stuff and that's what she wanted to do. That's what she wanted to do. You cannot shame somebody for doing something differently than you. And then you cannot turn around and call yourself a person of love or a person of this or a person of that when you shaming somebody. You cannot shame people and make them feel like they are doing something wrong just because it's not right in your eyes. You know what I'm saying? As far as twerking and doing stuff like that. Now that got media, oh, world star news. It's all over on the radio. Everybody talking about it. But and I blame all of those people because you are in control. Feeding into it. Mm-hmm. But you are not talking about, uh, you got young business owners out here, 11 years old. You know, minorities that are owning their own businesses. You will not support something positive. You'd rather share something negative than share something positive. For example, I put a little video out there for my clothing line. Do you know how hard it is to get people to share or watch it or to pay any attention to it because it's not promoting negativity, promoting something positive. You know, it's sad that people will promote more negative than they will positive. And maybe that's the issue. Yeah, Hurricane Katrina was kind of like... Mm-hmm. You left these people here for the... You knew what was coming. Yeah, that's, that's really the problem. Mm-hmm. And then you see people are in the water and nobody's just there. They, they take like, I think, two years to build up everything and... And it's stuff still not mm-hmm. rebuilt. It's crazy. It's really like, okay, that is the other side of America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not always the shiny lights and... Um, uh, what is the, the famous sentence? Um, if you make it here, you can make it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like that, really not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most um, shocking things for European people when they when it comes to that situation. But I think then, when it's over, then they they don't have it in their mind anymore. I agree because I I'm surrounded by people from different countries sometimes, and I'm wondering like. What do they think about... I, I think about black people. Like, what do they think about black people before they come over here? And then, like, what, how do they think about it after they've been exposed to them? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I always know that I'm being a representative for mm-hmm. black women. I just can't say what um, my real friends, but uh, some of my work was thinking, oh, you go to America. Are you... Um, family is black? Um, yes, my family is black. Where are they living? Yeah, they're living there and there. And houses, nice houses. Oh, really? It's not like black people are living in um, in bad houses or something. It's really like they don't know what um, th- that we are also normal people. Mm-hmm. Just because we have a different color doesn't mean that we are stupid. Yeah. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it is. But then... I feel like it's Americans like that too, though, you know? But yeah. it's ignorance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we want to... Finish up this conversation like with some steps to take to unite communities and how can we be a change? So, Jakia, what do you think? I think we need to be a positive force in this community. We need to help each other. We need to love each other. We need to get this black power, not necessarily black power. Let me take that back for they come get me. We need to get this sense of pride. That, hey, we are black and our skin is beautiful and we are important. 
You cannot just continue to just stand aside and let this happen to your community. If you see a child doing wrong, get that child, try to talk to that child and help that child. It takes a Hold up now. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these false kids, I ain't saying nothing to. (laughs) That's true. But it takes a community to raise a child. You just got to start early on. What about you? What you think? How can it be a change? For me, it's just really, I feel like I'm, I've been privileged to be exposed to some of the things I've been exposed to. I've been privileged to be a part of some of the things I've been a part of. And I don't take any of it for granted. And there's a lot of people who don't have the opportunities that I have. So I have a personal charge every day to do the best that I can do. I can't necessarily be worried about like what the next person is doing what that person is doing I just know it's something out there that I can do mm. and I'm trying to make sure that I do it and one of the other things I try to do is like to have other people realize that somebody is looking to you every single person in the world has a power about themselves that they can like affect something you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. either whether whether they choose for it to be positive or negative I feel like somebody is always looking at somebody else you know what I'm saying like your choices what you do they matter you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so I feel like everybody can do something it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be small I just hope people will realize the power that they really have yep. to effect change. It doesn't have, you don't have to change the world. You can change one person's life and that can you never know how that can snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So that's just how I feel about the situation. We just gotta love each other. Teach one reach one, teach one. That's what it's about. That's what I think. So if you have any thoughts on this, please leave any um, comments. Reach out to us. Alright, thank you so much Denise. Do you have any final words that you'd like to put out there? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you for having me with you. Oh, yes, yes so we hope it. you've enjoyed your time in America. Yes, uh, I, I know did. you've been here before, but we hope this trip has been good. Mm. Yeah. Really, really good. Thank you very much. <laughs> able to be on the show like that was just great to have somebody from another country and I was just like what when she said Nazis I had to just like take that in for a second (laughs) but um yeah we're going to end today's podcast by talking about a few things that we've been exposed to lately that just set us on fire so Jakia what's been tickling your fancy what you mean what's been tickling my fancy oh let me tell you October the 27th what's going on October the 27th. Ooh, something with Kendra Lamar. I, did, was it? <laughs> did I meet him? Or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I shook his hand. He said, thank you. I mean, okay. Then we can just, um, I just been doing all kind of stuff since the last podcast. I just been out here working and just trying to be great, trying to spread, spread my love to everybody and just been doing what I do the best is being me. You know, you have some people want to hold you down, but you can't let that happen. Just got to keep on striving and being great and going for the gusto. Well, for me, Jadena, <laughs> you know, I'm a Wonderland stand. <laughs> My name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jadena just released some new music, so I was really excited about that. That just happened also going to the 
Falcons-Carolina game. We're recording this podcast before the game, so hopefully that'll be pretty cool. And also, I went to the um, Atlanta Hawks win. game. We'll see, honey. Shout out to Cam Newton, though. Shout out Black Panther. Cam, like Cam Newton. <laughs> shout out to Kayleen. Kayleen. Who do? <laughs> but I went to the Atlanta Hawks game. Just shout out to them because they really treat their season ticket holders like they are the ish. Like, I was highly impressed. So much better than the Falcons. No shade. shade. Just being honest. <laughs> A lot of shade. Y'all don't give us nothing. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, we'll see what the new year holds. And y'all ain't even popping. 2016 is right around the corner, so. Right around yeah, the corner. Are we doing New Year's resolutions or not? Corner. No, because I don't believe in it. I believe when you want to make a change, you make it right then and there. Don't wait to know the new year. So, what was your favorite thing about 2015? My favorite thing about 2015 was the ambition that came. The ambition that I had inside finally came out. And my, my fearless personality, just me being. Me and doing what I, I, I've done did everything. Essence Festival, you know. Solo Dolo. That was great. I went to L.A. That was great. I've been, I've been out here working and I'm proud of myself. I usually don't, you know, talk about myself like that. But my favorite part of 2015 was Jakia finally being Jakia. And I just love it because that was my favorite part too. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thank I usually you. don't do this. Have a happy um, New Year. A merry, merry Christmas. Christmas and happy New Year. <laughs> merry, merry Christmas. Oh, shout out to the Obamas for that Christmas list, too, though. Uh-huh. Say thank you, thank, thank you, thank you for being you. a friend. Yes, yes. Thank you for being a friend. Yes, yes. Oh. Thank you so much, everyone who <laughs> listened to our first podcast. We reached our goal, so we decided to do episode number two. two. Let us know how you feel about it. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Peace out. Complexion. Perfection don't mean a thing. This is all alive, alive. Ooh, complexion. That's who stabs who. It all feels the same. It's a solo slide. Darkest the midnight hour, brightest the morning.